0: Is it, like, really time to arm, like, is it time to get, like, in the Malcolm X era and just, like, arm myself and stay safe in my home? Like, pretty much, you know? Welcome to Black Girl Voices. A podcast created to cultivate change through conversation, community, and education while centering, uplifting, and amplifying the voices of Black women, girls, and fems. Here we will talk about everything from trending topics to Black history to our own personal experiences as Black women. It's like a coffee chat with your best girlfriends. You will laugh, cry, keep it real, and most importantly, get uncomfortable. We're your host, Siobhan Montgomery Haynes and Caroline J. Sumlin. Come on in, girl. We have a lot to talk about. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Black Girl Voices. I'm Caroline J. Sumlin. And I'm Siobhan Montgomery Haynes. And we are, well, first of all, let's announce the fact that we are going to be moving into a break. So this is the last um the last episode of the season we're closing out the season um caroline and i are going to first of all enjoy december and we're going to be working on bringing you guys some new content and just all the things and we hope you guys will take the opportunity to catch up on any episodes that you have not heard and enjoy your family as well Mm -hmm. And, um, in addition to that, we are kind of bringing in kind of like a new series that I think we'll probably implement moving forward, um, kind of like a roundup of the month. So we are doing a little bit of a November roundup and we're going to talk about some, some of the current events that maybe we didn't talk about this month and just our thoughts on them and just kind of, you know, chat a little bit on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um should we li- should we list them all and then just kind of dive into to one of them or h- how should we go about this? Should we take start with like our top 5? Just start with the first one and we'll talk talk all about right. it and then we'll, we'll go on to the next one. First let's hold spa- I I thought we should hold space today um it was reported that Malcolm one of Malcolm X's daughters was found um deceased in her home. Mhm. And there was no reported um, suspic- suspicion in her death. However, it came really closely after um, the news that the two men that were convicted of murdering her father were going to be set free. Mm-hmm. So they're still investigating that. So, I mean, no news there, but just definitely wanted a whole space. You know, this is Black Girl Voices. She is, I mean, her, her dad is a pioneer, obviously, in civil rights and so I definitely wanted to kind of hold space there, yeah. And then I thought we jump into uh, let's let's jump into Astro World. I feel like that's maybe the least heavier of the other ones that I have. Okay, let's, let's jump into our thoughts on Astro World. Okay, sounds good. Take yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I will start. Um, first I will first I'll say I. I wasn't there, obviously, so I don't know who's to blame. I don't think there's anybody who's not to blame in, in all actuality. I think it's a little bit to do with the venues, the management. I mean, Travis Scott had a little bit to do with it. I think everybody has like a little bit of blame with it. But really what I wanted to talk about is less about who's to blame because it's a tragedy. People died. It's a tragedy. It's a shame. Their families should absolutely be compensated and it should have never have happened. Mm-hmm. However, what I wanted to dive more into is how white influencers are taking this as an opportunity to like really bash a black artist. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not to say that he shouldn't have some kind of accountability. This is just talking specifically on how they're bashing him, on how they're calling him a like a cult leader, talking about how his concert was a satanic ritual and his his music is like Satan music. I mean, they have really taken this opportunity to let their racism shine. And I don't know if you've seen a bit of that going around social media, but yeah, I, I, I saw a bit of it as well. And I definitely thought the same thing. Um, yeah, I definitely thought, thought the same thing. And I mean, I honestly, you know, like, like you said, you know, we weren't there. Um, and I honestly feel like, there i mean of course you know there were a couple times where travis scott, travis excuse me travis scott was like oh let's get some help over here for the person who passed out but i don't i don't think with all of the lights and the fire and all the things that are going on right when you're on stage that you can really see exactly what's happening right right so i definitely feel like the know the the people that are there to manage a show like when you're like a lot of the people in the news were saying like you know the entertainer they they have command over the audience it's their show etc which is true to a certain degree and while i'm not a rap artist i am a former performer and even in a play i can't see what's going on like i don't know who's out there i i cannot see a darn thing from stage you have lights shining on you they're so bright Everything is super loud on stage. There's microphones. That's why you have stage management. That is why you have many, many people working behind the scenes to ensure that a show runs smoothly. I don't understand why anyone is putting the entire blame on an artist when the artist that's the, the performer is there performing under what's needed to put on a show of that magnitude and of that size. Right. Like that makes absolutely zero sense. And I don't, obviously if it started, if any of it started from the back to the front, which I don't know how it happened, but like the way it's being reported as in like, you know, kind of a storming the stage or whatever happened, like who knows how was, you know, up front versus in the back or how long things were going on before it kind of reached the front. Right. But like you everyone could see how large that venue was and it's outdoors like it really just doesn't make any sense as to yeah. how like one one human person that is just the size of a regular human being would have the ability to see as far as the eye can see and see exactly what's going on right in like a standing a standing outdoor festival event. Um so that I do have an issue with that and while I understand that I don't know much about Travis Scott. I don't know much about his music. I honestly honestly. do not really listen to a lot of music that's out nowadays when it comes to, you know, even our newer rap artists that are on the scene. Like, I just don't listen to it like I used to. Um, So I don't really know anything about his music. I've, you know, I've heard that there have been other allegations, security allegations and things that have happened at other that at other, um, performances and that he definitely has the, um, has the tendency to incite a lot of like moshing and things like that. Right. But yeah, my right. issue is right. that that's not exclusive to Travis Scott. Like most mosh type events and ragers are white folks. Like that's white, yeah. white artistry right there. And I'm sure this is not the first time I'm sure something to this magnitude. Sure. Yes. I know things have happened at this. And I was reading about, you know, historically there has been things of that, of this nature that have happened before, but I'm saying just like in various types of performance events where there's moshing and raging and all that unsafe you know those kinds of yeah. events are unsafe you know people are under the influence people are not thinking clearly when they're going to events like that so I just don't think that that's the first time anything like this has ever happened and I don't know why we're treating it as such not like I said of course this magnitude right. but like as if it's him him only his music he did it exactly. I absolutely I think it's the am there with you I think it's just like it seems like an opportunity to just publicly symbolically lynch a black man is just what mm-hmm. it, it feels like Just any opportunity to do so, because like you said, this happens all the time at rock concerts and and maybe not this many people dying at once. And again, I'm not excusing the fact that it's a tragic incident, but I'm just saying, like, why when do we put all the blame on one person? like historically when have we ever done that like sports games and things this happens all the time people riot people get hurt people die when things don't go their way but do we blame like i i don't know the chicago bears or whoever do we blame the sports team when that happens right you know and again i there could be some blame on his end i'm not saying there's no blame to be found i'm just saying for all the blame to be placed on him i just i just thought it was a, a, a little bit ridiculous no i i definitely definitely Ag- agree with you there 100 percent. but moving into the more heavier ones um we've got julius jones which i to me that was a a bit of a win and i wanted to see it solely as a win and it is because a man's life was saved essentially quote unquote but i i had so many heavy feelings about that yeah because I feel like he was put through such unnecessary trauma, first of all, to be on death row for what, what was it, 20 years, mm-hmm. 21, 20 years, to be put on death row for 20 years, and then to have your whole entire life in the hands of one person. And then on top of that, to wait to the very last hour to know if you were, I mean, you've already, you know, said your prayers and, and whatever, you know, come to terms with the fact that you're going to die and then they tell you, oh, no, you're, you know, you're going to live. It's okay. But not only, or not only are you going to live, but you're, there's no chance for parole. Like you're going to live, but you're going to live the rest of your life in jail or in prison. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it was hard for me to see the win in that. And I, I just yeah. wonder what his family, you know, I'm sure they're rejoicing right now in the moment, but I just wonder what he was thinking, what his family was thinking, you know, well, what were your thoughts on that? no i I agree. I wrote on Instagram that um, it did not feel like a win as soon as I saw that it was sentenced to life with no chance of parole. Um, I think that is trash. I think that was done on purpose. I think this is this there was absolutely no heart in the matter. I, I honestly feel like you know the governor that chose to make the decision. Decided the way he did because I'm sure he knew that the entire world was was protesting. I, I don't say the entire world, but the entire country was was protesting, was or much of the country was protesting and watching. And that, um, you know, he probably more so feared for himself and feared for his own safety than more so the right. life of Julius Jones. Um, but with his, with his power and with his, just with his cold heart to to just sentence it to that. I was, um, I was watching a live right after it happened with Tamika Mallory. And um, she was saying that Julius had specifically said that if it was that they were going to just keep him in prison for the rest of his life, that he would rather have been executed. So that was actually what he wanted. Like he did not want, he wanted to live, but he wanted to live with a chance to fight. Right, his case to be able to say I did not murder this man. It's not something to live for. Exactly, exactly. It's while yes, this is abolish the death penalty and all of those things because abolishing the death penalty obviously applies for people that have committed murder and we're still, you know, saying that we should abolish the death penalty regardless. But this is not about or just about the death penalty. It is there. There's a p- part of it that's about the death penalty because, of course, we know that so many people have been executed that were wrongly, um, wrongfully committed um, of murder, and that excuse me, convicted. That's I knew that. I knew this is the wrong word. Convicted of murder. Um, so that's one of the one of the big reasons to abolish the death penalty. But looking deeper into this, it's or I, I would say looking broader, I guess, is is about the fact that black men are seven times more likely to be wrongly convicted of murder right. or to be wrongly convicted. And I don't know the exact um, statistic for wrongly convicted of a crime, but we know that that's high too. And, um, and yeah, does it, does it mean that, you know, black men do not murder? Of course not. We know that black men, black women, white men, white women, everybody. we know that everybody freaking murders. Um, I'm honestly sick of it always being us on the, in the media And in Mm. the news, um, every single time there's a murder, every single time there is a crime, one of us is flashed on the screen, and it honestly is a whole other episode for another time, so I'm just going to save that. Um, But unfortunately, because of that and because of the, the systemic racism in the system that we've been talking about forever and ever and ever, this is the reality that like i said like yes there are black men who are out there murdering and it's terrible just like there's anyone out there murdering how rittenhouse murdering anytime you murder anyone obviously it's freaking terrible but the fact is julius jones did not murder anybody the fact is so many black men and women are sentenced to death row who have never murdered anybody or are just sentenced to jail who have never murdered anybody or are sentenced to prison for petty crimes. And I'm sick of it and I'm over it. And I just honestly want to throw everything out the window because this one really pissed me off. Like it's not, it's not about, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, it just, it like broke my heart. Like I watched his video um, that he he had um, given like a twenty minute twenty minutes to speak, right. and he gave his I guess his testimony, his last words, and he explained who he was as a person before all this happened, and how he was a really good student student in school. He was in college. Um, he fell into a little bit of like you know hanging with people that were into the wrong things, but he wasn't like into them as well. Right. You know, we of course we know. Our, how our moms always tell us, you know, don't get caught with the wrong folks because they don't, they don't get you caught, you know, and he explained, and I, I'll try to, I think I saved it. So I'll try to link it in the show, note, show notes, but he talked about kind of like how he started to kind of get into the crowd, which is more so, or just these couple of people, which is more so like, you know, this person asked for my help with something academic related and I, I wanted to help, but it was never like he knew better, you know what I'm saying? Like right. he, he, he wasn't really, he really was actively trying to be bad. Right. Exactly. Right. You know? And of course, like when you're young, you, you want to have friends, you want to see people as your boys, you want to see the better in them, yada, yada, yada. You know, you want to be, you want to be loyal. Um, and of course, unfortunately, it's those same boys that you think have your back that don't have, that don't have your back. You have their back, but they don't have your back. And we see that ish all the time. And of course, just you know, to our criminal justice system and to all the white men in power, another Black boy is just another Black boy. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just such an, such an evident thing of just how our lives just really, really do not matter because we know darn good and well if this was a white boy, as we know with Kyle Rittenhouse, that it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be the case. And I'm just exhausted, I'm sure, as you can hear in my voice. Like, I'm, I'm just really over it. Right, I think this, this, november's news cycle was tough for black people and having hope and trying to hold hope in the midst of all this and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel i think it was really rough but you did bring up rittenhouse so i don't want to give him too much of our time but um oh gosh i want to say let's talk about how we feel about that one but i have so much rage behind that story um I'll let you start off. I'll let you start off with this one. Let you start off with Rittenhouse. Um First of all, how, did you see the? Did you see the the outcome coming? Did you have any hope? Did, were you one of the ones that like you saw it coming, but you still had hope? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, um, when I saw that the jury was ready, I clicked on CNN right away and I watched it live. Right. and my heart was racing i felt just like it did kind of when i was watching the Derek chauvin trial mm-hmm. um and two very different outcomes obviously and i just remember my heart just like sinking and dropping because i was like okay surely one of these one of these at least i, I and just yeah, here he's guilty all, on something on something Gosh. like there's got to be something and and to for that to just scotch free like I I I honestly like I surprised is not the right word like saying oh I wasn't surprised or I was surprised the surprise isn't the word I think it was just more so like like shook Right, like it's just like this feeling. Like we know privilege exists. We kn- we know that, but then to see it just so blatantly, like yes. slapped in your face. Exactly. Because yes. I feel like that's what the for me it was the judge, the ju- like Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, he, he was the poster boy for privilege. For we we know that, but the judge for me, that's what did it. He was just kind of like, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm white. I'm in power. It, I control this case. Like bias doesn't matter fairness doesn't matter i'm in a high position and i do what i want like i feel like that's essentially what what he said yeah <laughs> um, i would definitely agree i mean it was it was very clear that and then was... i i i shouldn't say accidentally but against my better judgment i watched a snippet of written house on the tu- was it carl tuckerson show or something whatever bs show that is he was on he was doing an interview and he was like um this wasn't this wasn't about me this was about the second amendment rights i support and he actually went as far as to say i support black lives matter i'm not racist i I, wow um and then i think to me this like it, it was a lot of things that kind of evolved from this like we saw racism which I'm still unaware how people don't see the racism in this case like it it drives me insane I don't think we need to explain that there's been lots of posts as well as both of our own that have done a great job explaining that so at this point if people want to remain um, ignorant it's it's them being willfully ignorant but um, I also saw Christians in in a very different well I shouldn't say different light because as I've been doing my own deconstruction I've already been seeing them in a different light but I've been my eyes were opened once again to Christians and how they will always side with whiteness like I get that or I don't get sorry he still killed people but there was this this well he killed criminals so why do you care And my thing is like, how can you be pro-life and be about a Christian and tell me that Jesus does not care about quote unquote criminals because he still, those lives still mattered to him. Not only that, but Rittenhouse did not know that those people had a record when he killed them. Come on. So it's not like he was some martyr taking out, I mean, because they focused on the one guy who I guess he he was a pedophile. And um, that was a lot of people's, a lot of white Christians main focus to try to prove a point he did Kyle Rittenhouse didn't know that so white supremacy always villainizes victims right so there's that so I just it was just appalling to see that to see the hallelujahs and the praise Jesus and yeah the wow that that was just it was just eye-opening It's And it's the same people that would be like, we got to keep our streets safer because, oh, my goodness, the crime, all the black people, they're just out of control. with The same fear tactics they've been using since the dawn of time. Right. Because let's not forget, he got in a car and drove somewhere to insert himself into this. This was not like in front of his house or like, you know, like I, I am all for the right to bear arms when it comes to your own home. And someone coming into your house, do what you got to do. But this was not like somebody was attacked. He wasn't being attacked, um, or I guess they said he, he was being no, attacked. when he was not there. Wasn't. But he inserted himself into you. Inserted. If you, no, absolutely not. I'm. It's it's such BS. You literally inserted yourself into this situation because you wanted to literally play you used that rifle white supremacist. You wanted to play. With your gun, you mm-hmm. thought this was a great opportunity for you to go out there and insert your white self and do whatever the heck you wanted to do because you're untouchable, obviously. You knew you were untouchable. You did not, you weren't out there to help people. That's 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 BS. Right. That's absolute BS. Cause if you were out there to help people, then you wouldn't have had that rifle. If you're out there to help people, you'd have had bottles of water, you'd have had first aid, you would have had food. Right. You would have, and you if you would were have, in support of Black Lives Matter, like you said, you would have been right. You would have been protesting with the protesters, not where I mean, any time, unfortunately, there's protests and things like that happening at night. As we've seen, as we saw with yeah, what was heightened. happening, these are going to get heightened. But there's there's going to be people that are taking advantage of mm-hmm. that situation to incite other violence and other criminal activity that has nothing to do with the protest they have their own motives absolutely their own motive people on both sides of whatever side of it is there's people out there that we know are just going to cause trouble and that's exactly what he was doing he was there to cause trouble he saw he literally was like oh look at this a video game but in real life let me go like that's literally Mm -hmm. what this was Yep, call At, for him. Exactly. <laughs> call so no, it's it's absolute BS. If you if I was out there and I had seen this guy with this rifle, obviously I wouldn't have been bold enough to be like, "Hey, don't do do, do, do. You know, like I right. honestly feel like the, these people were like trying to get him to like get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Right, like get away from us. Right, but um, like I, you know, I, it's just like you can't go out there and and bring a huge threat that everyone can see. And expect not people not to want to take some sort of action to get you to like leave and to and to kind of interrogate you a bit because they they're fearful but that gives because you have the gun that gives you the right to shoot these people didn't have the gun to defend themselves it's it's absolute BS it's it's absolute BS I hate and then I hate the system I I think too that it was so funny to me that everybody was trying to surround this around the second amendment and like no this wasn't about race it was about second amendment you know damn well black men couldn't have been out there with machine guns second amendment was written in regards to race Right. And then to protect yourself not- against the big, scary black Negroes right. out there, guys. Because oh my gosh. The Negroes are going to get us. We got to be able to defend ourselves so we can shoot them, but they it's against they the law for up. a black guy to, to touch you. It's against the, come on now. Right. I'm and as bullshit. I was doing, sorry, as sorry. I was doing my digging, I was looking at how, when the, um when the black Panther showed up in California I forgot where in California, they showed up somewhere in California um, with their rifles and then Congress literally banned um, machine guns or or automatic rifles or something. They literally banned them after that happened. So don't talk to me about Second Amendment rights when Philandro Castile was about to show a police officer that he had a permit for a concealed weapon and then got shot. So where was the, where were all the people marching for Second Amendment rights there? Hmm. Yeah. That I, I, have, I have so little to say at this point because I'm... And normally I have a lot to say, but I have little to say because I'm over it and I'm over it. And then I mentioned that I'm over it. <laughs> I think what was scarier for me is knowing that this... Man is going to end up a police officer, or he he mentioned he wanted to be a nurse. Oh, um, yeah, this it, is this is scary kind of for the future. I'm sorry, but yeah. I will say I there's more words. This is scary it's for terrifying. the future of our country because this he this has is, no box to check. He doesn't have to check any okay. box. Can I be let? This is going to not. This is not to to deter the conversation, but just like real quick, when orange man was elected Mm -hmm. excuse me and there was that whatever rally unite the right white supremacist rally yes in charleston was it charlottesville 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 with the tiki torches yes Yes, that was charlottesville and you know and and how orange man there's fine people on very both sides charlottesville (laughs) but it was that moment that was the moment i knew that we were going downhill that that moment i knew this is we're we're back in jim crow we're back in the kkk area era we are back and i i I had this eerily prophetic feeling because i remember i was i was well when we elected when we elected him i think i was pregnant with my first and I remember being so scared because I was, I was so scared to have her. So I was like, I, I can't believe this. I'm going to have a child in a world where this is our president we've gone 50 years backwards, even though it's not really backwards. I, I say that loosely because it's not, it's not that we ever went, it's not going backwards because it's always evolved. been there, but it's, and it's evolved. But at the same time, it's like, it's evolved. But then also we're still going backwards if that makes sense. like it's a kind of a both and because I think people are more bold in their racism like they're, they' right, feel okay. like we, it was like it was bold and then and then it got right. quieter and evolved mm-hmm. and more and more secretive so like it, right. it try to kind of make black people feel like it was okay and right. then all of a sudden his election allowed the boldness to come to, to just exactly. come back. For them to feel it okay never, right. It never, it obviously never left. It was still happening in homes. It was still happening in private conversations. Right. It was still happening, you know, anywhere that that it could happen without it being noticeable the way that it is now, but his election and what he stood for brought all of that back in the forefront. And um, I mean, yeah, it's it's just very clear that I was right. <laughs> number one. Um, but with, with something like this to kind of on, on, almost bring that moment full circle, it, it really, it, it's, it's concerning. It's really, it's really, really concerning about right. the future. I, I, I don't really have much hope for things getting better at this point. Cause I think I take it as far as I wonder how, how, how long until they literally start just burning crosses on our yards again. Yep. Because they don't like. I mean, that has literally happened to. I think I posted about um an Instagram friend that I had who had to move out of her house because her neighbor kept hanging nooses. It was like in the news and everything. And they oh my gosh, they did nothing. They kept hanging new. He kept hanging nooses from her tree. Call the police. Um, I think he was like on probation or something for it. After he was off of his probation, he continued to do so so bad mm. that they had to move. Mm -hmm. out of their house and not only did they have to move out of their house but she felt an obligation to make sure that no one of color bought that house so you know she's holding on to this house and like losing money making Mm -hmm. sure that like it's a white family that buys this house because she did not want people to go through what she went through so like people are already bold enough to hang nooses so like how long and then we know that the police don't protect us so when we call to tell them hey they're burning crosses in our yard then what where are they gonna say well there's no actual foul play so there's nothing we can do about I mean what (laughs) I don't have any hope there either so it's just like almost like what do I do is it like really time to arm like is it time to get like in the Malcolm X era and just like arm myself and stay safe in my home like pretty much you know I I don't know I don't know but um, let's um, we've got one more. This one is just as heavy. Um, Ahmad Arberry. Um, I wish I knew the scumbags' names, because that's it, it's it's their trial. It's not the a- Greg- Gregory McMichael and two other scumbags. I oh, don't know. I just know that. Yes. Name. Okay, so McMichael and the other scumbags, mm-hmm. um, that trial surrounding the death of Ahmad arbery i think that's better worded gosh we've already seen the bullshit that is playing out with that with the with the gosh what did she say today the defense was it the defense attorney where she mentioned his him running with no socks and his dirty toenails talking about Ahmad arbery yeah what does that have to do with why are we villainizing the victim what does this have to do with this man innocently going out for a run and being hunted like a dog and killed? And even like the, um, the prosecutor said, she said, okay, did he flash a gun at you? No. Did he flash a knife at you? No. Did he threaten you? He said, not verbally. So what? why are we talking about anything else then? Why is this not cut and dry? Why is there all white jurors in this case? Or is, it, or is hmm. this the one where it's 11- white jurors and one black one or something like that it might as well say all white why is there not a jury there's so there's so much there's so much
1: but yeah and we don't we
0: don't know the verdict yet either so we don't know the verdict i feel like they're depending on what happens may or may not be another episode because that could be a conversation all in all of all in itself if what do we I think could. that's what it are, what, are, what are your thoughts so do you think this is going to go the way it's supposed to which with justice or do we think they're going to get off i don't know i haven't been honest ow i just bit my tongue <laughs> um i have not been following the case as closely as i did like derek chauvin for example right right um and I only say that to, to say because I, I, I just I don't know the laws in the state of Georgia that would dictate, you know, the, the laws are so different. Everywhere, the, yeah. right? Exactly. You know, kind of the same thing with what happened in Wisconsin um, when the news reporters and the correspondents were debriefing, talking very strictly about like in Kenosha and Wisconsin, how that state is a very much a, light, a right to bear arms state, a very much a self-defense state. Um, it, it really depends on where you are and what the laws are. And it depends on what the jury is going to decide about that video. Now that things are on video and you have yeah. video that you can slow down and you can speed up, you can do all these things. And, you know, depending on like what the judge said, like, you know, if you have to prove it beyond reasonable, that all of the, all of that jargon is what's going to, in, in the, and the jargon in which the laws are written in a very specific way so that white people could get Very off, colorblind it's that's. I don't even know if colorblind it's not, that's not even it. I mean, it's colorblind. Yes, but it's colorblind language is how, is how, well, yeah. I not. I, it. and yeah. The, the laws that we to have it. today are, aren't going to be able to say, you know, the Negroes and the whites, right. But the laws were written in such a way where we know that, you know, white folks can say white folks have been able to say, I was defending myself mm-hmm. and the jury can't, you know, or they can't prove beyond reasonable doubt that I wasn't. And so if I felt threatened by that black man, I get to shoot that black man. I get to do whatever I can, that black woman, that black, whatever. I mean, black people have been, you know, the, 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 the victimized threat victimized is That the, vil- um, that's not the word I'm looking for. They've been looked at as the villains, but the vil- villain. I think yeah. you Villainized. I I'm sorry. Brain mush today. So don't have one. I it's think my there. brain is mushed from this whole month. This right. month is mushed my brain. Um, but even more specifically today, no brain. It's, it's just, it's not there. Um, so villainized, villainized. Yes. Villainized, you know, black, black people mm-hmm. and are able to use that, you know, those very carefully curated loophole rules, regulations, statutes, whatever, to be able to get off scotch-free and black people, obviously um, don't have that same, Liberty. So, I, I really do not have a gut feeling either way how it's going to go. I just, I'm holding I my hold out hope. I do. I want to feel hopeful again, but then I want to feel hopeful as a Christian and as believing that God can and will do. But then, just as a citizen of this country, I don't have hope. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know how much, like, I don't know where I'm pulling hope from at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just these little strands that I'm like, okay, maybe we'll see justice. Like, if we're being honest, I didn't think we would see justice in George Floyd. As public as that was, I didn't think we would see justice. So, yeah, that, I mean, and that was one where I watched that case every single day. And that was proof in how you have to have these expert star witnesses, because I could definitely see where it could have gone either way. Yeah, but Those witnesses that, that they were able to bring to the stand, they were able to scientifically prove exactly the fact that, you know, the way that he was murdered and, right. and um, how there was X amount of minutes where it was clear, especially with them being you know, law enforcement that the, right. the the threat had been neutralized, obviously. Right. So the need to stay on the, the need for the need to stay. There was no arguing against that at that point. Um, that was different because it wasn't a shooting. You know, most of the times if it's a shooting, the cops go and get off from that one because it's a split second decision. Right. But that they feared you know, with, for their lives. With Derek, yeah, with Derek Chauvin, it was quite obvious that you you knew what you was doing, homies. That that one, I I honestly, the more I watched that case, I was like it, that. By the time we got to the end, I was like, "If we don't get a guilty verdict, then, then that's just obviously lying." <laughs> but in right. in a case like Ahmad Arbery's and um and um, every other you know every other case out there that's similar to this, I I, I don't know, I don't know. Well, that that kind of wraps up. I think just our our November roundup. Um. Obviously, I feel like we'll definitely probably do another episode on the Arbery Arbery case when we get a verdict. I mean, we'll see how this goes. I think we're, I mean, obviously we're all praying for it to go the way that it should. Um, But you guys have, enjoy your your December. We're going to try to enjoy ours. Um, Happy holidays to everybody. And um, if you have not subscribed to Patreon, please do so. Um, we've got some very exciting things coming up after the holidays and we look forward to talking to you guys again in the new year. Thank you for listening to the black girl voices podcast. If you love today's episode, we would love it for you to leave us a five-star review. If you would like to support our work, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash black girl voices. Or head to our show notes for the link. Lastly, we would love to hear from you. Come follow us on Instagram at Black Girl Voices and say hello. Remember, you are heard, you are seen, and you are loved. Your voice matters. You matter. See you next time.